Everybody and welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmas, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question: Can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James, and I'm your other co-host. My name is Michael Balazzo, and it's so funny because MB, those initials MB. Um, this is a total coincidence. I didn't plan this, but I'm drinking as I record this a can of sparkling lime buble, bubbly buble buble but it's, it's that sparkling water that uses michael buble in the commercials and he also shares the initials mb i noticed you drinking bubbly and i've got to ask what mm-hmm. do you think now i love this uh, this lime uh flavored sparkling water bubbly it's very good very refreshing especially on a punishingly hot day like mm-hmm. today and you know it does make me appreciate the music of michael buble well i'm, I'm gonna be honest i love lacroix i love perrier i'll even Boo. slum it oh no Boo. i will i will i'll even slum it and do san pellegrino if i have to really? i think i think bubbly sucks have you seen so I guess there's we're in the midst of a sort of sparkling water craze, like a gold. It's the golden age of sparkling water right now. Absolutely. And you know you got your Perrier, your San Pellegrino, the old the old standbys, and then you've also got new kids on the market. You've got Bubbly. Have you seen Have you seen the ads for this new one? I think it's also Canadian called like Aha. No. Is it based on the Swedish band? Take on me. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they're getting into the sparkling water game in t- 2021. <laughs> right. It didn't occur to me. Yeah. Like that could be the band themselves saying, you know, look, we've had a good run with music and we love mm-hmm. it. But what if we relocate to Ontario, Canada and start a sparkling water company? I'm just curious who's going to be the last sparkling water you know, can standing when this, you know, nasty competition is over. The history books will probably refer to this time as the sparkling water wars. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who's coming out and I don't know if there will be violence. Like you're talking Perrier. Those guys have money, man. They probably have their own armies. I mean, they're not going to stand for aha and bubbly taking their share. Yeah. If I, was you know a Perrier or San Pellegrino executive? Mm. I would if hire a contract killer to mm-hmm. you know wipe out the the board of directors over at Bubbly or at Aha. You know, <laughs> get rid of the competition. Now, Mike, I always thought you were kind of a communist, so I'm surprised to see mm. this cutthroat capitalist attitude out of you. Well, I'm just saying, if I were, I put myself in the shoes ah. of the Perrier CEO. Uh, you know, I don't believe in contract killers. Heaven, for, heaven forbid, I, you know, I go that way. I would hate to be, you know, rubbed out by a, a hitman. But I'm just Can saying. Can I just if say I, rubbed out sounds sexual? Yes. If you say like, oh, I, some people say like, oh, I rubbed one out and they're referring to. Exactly. Me. It yeah. sounded like you said, I would hate if a hitman came up to me and rubbed one out for me. Yeah. Which now I'm thinking of a hitman hiding, you know, 
behind a curtain with a rifle and he's about to, to execute someone while he's also, you know, playing with himself. Isn't that absolutely disgusting? <laughs> that would be horrible. I mean, the job he's doing already is disturbing. You don't need mm-hmm. to add the second layer to it, sir. Yeah. You know, why not just be like John Cusack in Gross Point Blank? A reasonable gentleman. Or um, Barry from the show Barry. I remember seeing Gross Point Blank in the theater when it came out, and I, I, I really enjoyed the moment where he, John Cusack's character, uh, kills Dan Aykroyd. I believe he smashes a TV over his head. Yeah. I wonder if that's like a metaphor. You know, Maybe. Watching too much TV. I, I almost think like um, having Dan Aykroyd in that movie it might have been a mistake because I feel like it would be so distracting to all the ladies watching it and being like, oh, oh, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, like, you yeah. know, because he's he's a hunk. And it continues to this day. You know, a- Aykroyd is in that new Ghostbusters movie that is. Is he? Is a, yeah, it's, you know, the one that's almost been released for four years now. And uh, mm. you got to figure the other cast members are like, oh, God, once again, the, you know, the limelight is shining on Danny. And, Danny you know, boy. Yeah. Now, Mike, you must be chomping at the bit for this new Ghostbusters. I, I know you're a. Oh, I know you're a Ghostbuster freakazoid. I mean. Yeah. It, it's not uncommon to see you when you're wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt, Ghostbusters yeah. bucket hat. Yes, Ghostbusters earlier today. Pants. Yeah. Now, you know how it's we're in the middle of a heat wave here in Toronto, and I wasn't thinking, and I went out, I just wanted to have some fun, uh, and I put on my sort of, I, there's no other way to describe it, it is a Ghostbusters proton pack that I made for myself, and I went out walking, and it's so hot, and the darn pack is so cumbersome, that I I was sweating so much and I overheated and I, I fainted briefly in the park. And then, I mean, just imagine this image, seeing a grown man passed out in the dirt, dressed up like a Ghostbuster. But a, a kind Samaritan stopped and offered me some water and some, some bread. And then uh, I, I made it back home. Now, I've got to ask, why? Why did you dress up like a Ghostbuster? It's not Halloween. It's not um, Halloween, no. Um, so. I just... I love. I've just always loved the Ghostbusters, and sometimes there there are kids in the park, and I sort of dress up like a Ghostbuster and sort of make them laugh and and, and stuff like that. So you're kind of do you're kind of like Toronto Spider Man, but you're Toronto Ghostbuster. I'm Toronto Ghostbuster, except I'm not as much of a pest as uh, Toronto Spider Man is. You know what I mean? You're more respectful. You're sitting on a bench reading a book. But you yeah. got the proton pack on. Yes. And the little uh, box thing that you press open and <laughs> the, the ghosts go in there. The trap. Yeah. The yeah. Trap. yeah. I, I, I'm really curious about the physics of that trap because yeah. how do they all fit in there? I guess they go into a different dimension. I don't know. Wouldn't it suck in? Yeah. How, does, how is it? I guess just what it has a limited range. And if the ghost happens to be in that range, it mm. the ghost is suckled deep into the, the trap. I wouldn't say suckled. I would say sucked. I don't think you open the trap and then it goes and suckles the ghost. (laughs) Although we do know from Ghostbusters that a a, a ghost gave Dan Aykroyd a blowjob. Yes. And And it seemed like a good one. Yeah. Yes. Danny, you can tell. uh, Yeah. Reaction. You know, in the original script, it wasn't uh, a BJ. The ghost was actually supposed, and this is true. The ghost was supposed to give Dan Aykroyd a rim job. (laughs) 
I'm stunned. Really? Wow. Yeah. But the censors, they came, you know, they uh, came down hard with the hammer and uh, made them change it. Wow. Well, ahead of their time, because isn't everything about asses now? And I don't know. That seems to be a thing now. These we're guys in the golden were years age. Ahead, of, ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the golden age of sparkling water and ass. Uh, and the original Ghostbusters script predicted it. They did. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's something else. A ghost given a rim job to Dan Aykroyd on and a hot New, to be, York, New York yeah. summer day. <laughs> and the scene wasn't like the, the blowjob in, in Ghostbusters that we all know is just like a just a, a, an instant. It goes by and it's over with. Mm-hmm. But in the um, and this is true in the original Ghostbusters script, the rim job scene was five minutes long. And it oh, wasn't God. just. Yeah. And it wasn't just Dan Aykroyd. He was they, the other Ghostbusters in the firehouse, you know, their their headquarters. They hear Dan Aykroyd, you know, screaming, kind of moaning, and they come in one by one. And the ghost, and this is true, proceeds to give each one of them a rim job. My God. Five minutes. I can, five minutes. I mean, how long is the movie? 90 minutes? So that's like. Something like that, yeah. You know, uh, Three and a half percent of the film is a rim job. Yeah. And did it even affect the plot in any way? Uh, not really. No, it was more just like a, a comedic, you know, centerpiece of of the entire movie. They actually wow. that was the original inspiration for the movie. Uh, five, four men, four. How many Ghostbusters are there? There are four. Four. Uh, four. Four guys. As long as you don't count Rick Moranis as the nerd guy. <laughs> right. Yes, he he was not uh, involved in the in the rim job scene, uh, but oh yeah, the, the initial kernel of the idea that that became Ghostbusters was four men in a room getting a rim job from a ghost, and then they expanded it into you know, but okay, what's actually going on? Oh, they're you know they're chasing ghosts in New York City and they're fighting the EPA and all that stuff. You're yeah. kidding. So when the creator was sort of doing his thing, probably mm-hmm. in L.A. dreaming up a movie, the the first thing that came to mind. Four dudes on a, yeah. bent over or whatever, getting getting rim chops. Wow. And yeah. from that, the Ghostbusters are born. Yeah. The original opening scene, and this is true, was suppo- in the original Ghostbusters screenplay, was supposed to be, it was a dark, you know, the screen was black. Mm. You hear the MGM lion roar, and then it, the screen goes black, and it slowly fades in, and you just see Dan Aykroyd's anus. <sighs> wow. Hey. Uh, you know, if I, if I was watching that version of the movie and I saw that shot, I think I'd be going, Hmm, suddenly I'm thirsty for a Caesar. Yes. Because, you know, Dan Aykroyd yes. is the yeah. spokesman for national Caesar day. Yeah. Uh, thanks yeah. to his crystal head vodka. Uh, yes. an association there. Uh, so I do think if I had seen Dan Aykroyd's anus, yeah, I'd probably start going, <laughs> Ooh, now I'm, now I'm thinking about, a. a Clam juice, tomato, vodka, plenty of Tabasco. Oh, don't be, don't be shy with the Tabasco, Danny. Yeah, no, the idea of just, just pick. You know, it's a very hot day. I'll say it one more time. And just the idea, I'm picturing Dan Aykroyd's anus, and I'm, I'm getting thirsty. You know? (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely get it. I really do. Yeah. Poof. Who knew what a wonderful rabbit hole. Dan Aykroyd would be today. Who knew? It's all in God's hands, you know? Oh, 
Well said. Um, so Mike, we have a little segment I, I feel like we could do. Um, now folks, uh, you know, it's uh Canada day. Um, kind of a controversial one this year yes. for many reasons, but we thought we'd do a segment anyway. Um, just, uh, talking about being Canadian and Mike, why don't you introduce, introduce what this segment is? So we decided, as you said, James, we would focus on some of the sillier elements of Canada mm. uh, to keep things light. And the name of this segment is called, <clears throat> it's inspired by the great Foxworthy, uh, comedian Foxworthy, and it's called Signs When You Know, sorry, You Know You're Canadian When. These are the signs. Yeah. You know you're Canadian when. Yeah. That's all you have to say. And yeah. what our intention was. Uh, or, or what our intention is, is to sort of play on some of the Canadian stereotypes that are out there in a sort of humorous way and, you know, keep things light, not get too serious. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope you will indulge us, kind um, kind listeners. And also to make fucking great jokes and great writing, because, like, I worked really hard on mine. I hope you worked hard on yours, because this is... I did, on, yes. Yeah? I uh, yeah. didn't sleep a whole lot. But um, shall uh, shall I go first? Sure, you go first. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Uh, You know you're Canadian when your idea of a well-balanced breakfast is Timbits. (laughs) That's good. And if you're not... So most Canadians hopefully will know what I'm talking about when I say Timbits, but if you're not Canadian, Timbits are a very popular baked good available at Tim Hortons, which is basically our our most popular national donut store chain. And they are little balls of dough that come in different flavors, very similar to donuts. And uh, Well, they're the whole, it's like you took a donut and you poke a hole. These are the holes. And you can buy them in, what? Uh, You can buy (laughs) singles, but you can get them in like six and 12, 24. You'd be nuts to buy it in a single. Get 24. Yeah, imagine a, a man walking up to a Tim Hortons counter saying, I'd like a single Timbit. If I was the, the the person at the counter, I would press the emergency button beneath the desk to call the police, you know? Me too. I'd be doing an Amber Alert right then and there because there's something yeah. wrong with that guy. Yeah. So yeah, Timbit for breakfast. You know you're Canadian. Okay, good joke, Mike. I'm impressed. You know, I didn't know if you had comedy writing in your blood, but I'm actually impressed by that joke. Bravo. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay, here's my first uh, joke. You know you're Canadian when you decked an American who said Craigslist was better than Kijiji. <laughs> now, a uh, funny story. I actually spent a night in a Detroit jail for that very issue. I was there for a wedding and uh, yeah, really? just couldn't handle it. Couldn't handle it. We got into a heated argument, myself and this American fellow about Craigslist and Kijiji and uh, it got heavy um, and uh, jail was not not very fun for me and it was a it was a difficult night but uh, anyway God. yeah but you really it sounds like you really um <laughs> i don't regret it right but it was a hard night uh, and you have strong feelings for kijiji i take it or otherwise you wouldn't have um, absolutely it, absolutely yeah. once you've used kijiji craigslist just seems like a dirty underwear on the side of a road whereas kijiji's you know fresh clean underwear that you put onto your body Right. Well, I'll I, I'll give you points for you know patriotism. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um. Here's my second uh, sign. You know you're Canadian when, when? 
when it's lunchtime and everyone else around you is, you know, taking out their sandwiches from their lunchbox or uh, their bag or their lunch sack, whatever. Um, but you don't have a uh, you don't have sandwiches. Your idea of lunch is Timbit. So you go okay. to the Tim Hortons yeah. and you order some Timbits at around noon, between noon and yeah, two. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm going to say give you two quick notes for that one. Okay. One, um, maybe you could be a bit more succinct. You're kind of not exactly a snappy joke. Two, mm. you did already use the Timbits punchline once. Just throwing that out there. Well, I just thought it was a Tim. Tim Hortons takes up so much. I know mental real estate in, yes, in Canadians' minds. That and I your thought, mind specifically. You love yeah. Timmy's. Yeah, I do love Timmy's actually. Yes. So yeah, lunch, uh, lunch Timbits. Okay, here's my uh, second uh, fun joke. You know you're Canadian when you head out in the woods every single freaking weekend to train for the upcoming battle. <laughs> I'm sorry? What? What uh, What battle are you training for? Are you serious? Uh, we have 75% of the world's fresh water, Mike. It's a matter of freaking time. Are you f- actually telling me you haven't been preparing for this? N- no. What, to put together what a militia to fight hell yes Americans hell yeah Americans Russians from the other side hell someone might even sort of come around unexpectedly Chile I don't know but I'll tell you I'm definitely preparing and I'm spending a hell of a lot of time out in the woods with several other men wow and you what is it is it like hand-to-hand combat or like firearms training or hand-to-hand leg-to-leg hell even back-to-back Back-to-back fighting. Yes. You've never heard of back-to-back fighting? I'm not embarrassed to say I haven't. Oh, well, yeah, it's it's big. If you were, I mean, that's like the big part of military training is if, if you see a guy whose back is to you and you want to go back, back-to-back, you can do that and still fight. And it's actually very effective. It looks it. fun. Yeah. It, 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 I'm, the, I, the image in my mind looks very funny, but uh, it's, it's yeah. probably quite deadly, you yeah. know? It is. All right. And um, here's my third uh, entry for our segment. Um, Here I go. You know, you're Canadian when your one criticism of the show's Schitt's Creek is, hey, don't they have a Timmy's in this small town? Because I want to see the characters eating some Timbits. You never see that. Yeah. I mean... Okay, again, same punchline, three jokes. I don't know what you think this is right now. Uh, we are literally one of the top 50 comedy podcasts in Finland, last I checked. And you're doing the same punchline for three jokes. But okay, I it, whatever. I took it in a different direction. And when I, whatever, I I think the Timbits are, the people are on my side. Timbits are it's, everywhere. Well, it's I don't think the different. people are on your side. That is not enough of a different direction. You're still just saying you wish there were Timbits. So you're saying you don't wish you could turn on a, a popular sitcom produced right here in Canada and see the characters enjoying some Timbits or have a plot line about sure, know, getting some Timbits. Or, yeah, you know, I'm fine with that if they want to eat the, some Timbits. They visit the grave of Tim Horton and, and they sort of have a moment where they you know say a prayer to him. That would that would have made a, a wonderful episode of Kim's Convenience or, or even um, Hudson and Rex. Well, 
Rex would would uh, probably uh, eat the Timbits, wouldn't he? He's yeah. a dog. Yeah, he is. Um, all right. Well, here's my third and final fun joke. <clears throat> you know your Canadian when you love to inject pure MDMA into your scrotum while cranking the hip. <laughs> Now, if you don't know, if you're American, the Tragically Hip are one of our most beloved rock bands. Um, yes. With a career spanning much of the 80s, 90s, and into the 2000s. And um, great band, very fun, real Canadian band. So if you're not familiar, give them a download. Wow. I, I do love to rock out to the, to the hip. And, and there is a hip connection to Dan Aykroyd because when he hosted SNL, mm-hmm. I believe in the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. he brought the Tragically Hip on as the musical act. I remember. Um, but I will. I'm a little concerned about where you're. First of all, that you're injecting MDMA anywhere, but specifically in the scrotum. Seems uh, seems not good. Oh, you'd rather I inject it into what my neck? Well, uh, and just don't don't you know my to, toe. You don't need to God. inject it anywhere. No, Mike, your scrotum, your, the, there's less sensitivity to needles on the scrotum. Everybody knows that. It's an obvious place to inject MDMA. I mean, I guess the skin. What is this thin. biology 101? Yeah. Wow. I'm just picturing you. You know, that's when the hornet stung me, and then injecting. Um, yeah, that's when the hornet stung me. Ouch! <laughs> I feel like I just got stung by a hornet because I just injected MDMA into my scrotum. <laughs> oh wow! That that reminds me. I believe I tell this uh, anecdote every every summer, but I mm. uh, had a friend who. Uh, during the summer once we were outside and uh it was a nude beach and i asked him like do you do you put sunscreen on your on your your privates on your <laughs> penis and your testicles and he he said no you don't need to put sunscreen on your genitals because there's a there's a different type of skin there <laughs> and, and i, I went think- huh <laughs> yeah i think that's safe to say that's not accurate, and this guy's probably burning the hell out of his penis and balls every summer. Uh, yeah, different type. I mean, it is a little different, you know. It's uh, forbidden. It's a little unusual, but if anything, I feel like it's more apt to burn, uh, for, especially as, for a white guy uh, out in the sun for hours. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know what he thinks it is. It's not like your nails. It's not your fingernails, buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not your teeth. It's skin. It's just on your penis and balls. When God was making humans, he was like, all right, everyone gets, here's the human body. The skin is all the same, except for this one area. I'm I'm going to make it special sun UV resistant skin for this (laughs) part for some reason. (laughs) uh, Or even if you believe in evolution, which I'm definitely on the fence about. Somehow we evolved to have sunburn resistant skin in the one place we always cover. <laughs> uh, millions of years ago, our ancestors they sought out, you know, the uh, you know the healthiest looking mates, the <laughs> ones that could bear you know healthy children, the one that had uh, UV ray resistant genital skin, yep. and uh, that's why we all have it now. Yes, it's one of the questionnaire things on on Hinge. Is your penis UV resistant? Because people want to get with that and, you know, keep that line going. And no woman wants to date a guy who's got a, and this is a term they use, a Bernie. 
<laughs> B-U-R-N-I-E. That means a, a you know a penis that can a burn if if left out in the in the sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a, a, a willy, um, a willy burn is another phrase I've heard. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that about does it for our comedy segment called You Know Your Canadian When. And if you enjoy that, um, definitely please reach out to um, all the local networks and see if you can get us getting a a TV show based on this or something. I don't know. I think we could turn that segment into a full, not just half hour, an an hour long weekly drama. An hour long weekly drama. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Well, we've got a very fun guest coming up here. Uh, but before yes. we do, Michael, we should mention that we've got a Patreon account. Patreon.com slash Landlord Tenant is the destination for you if you want to help financially support this show. If you do that, we love you and we're going to bake a pie for you and uh, eat it in your honor. And uh, hmm. we, yeah, please do that if you can. Yes. And if you. Do the Patreon, you get a bonus episode a month. Uh, and if you can, if you could rate and review, we'd be super grateful. And um, yes. Michael, before we move on, we also should mention that um, we have been starting, or we are starting a new podcast with Chris Locke called Evil Men, where Mike, Chris, and I joke around about different crappy people uh, in history and present, or even even fictional characters. And um, we're starting to do that. So we're we're trying to figure out how to balance that and this. So yes. for the time being, we may do Landlord-Tenant Podmas every two weeks for, for now and see how that goes. I uh, hope that's not too inconvenient for any of the listeners. But you're still getting more of us because there's this other podcast now too. You're getting more of us. We hope we, no one's, you know offended or hurt by this mm-hmm. announcement we hope that this announcement doesn't drive anyone insane and then you know james and i are walking on a street one day and then suddenly uh you know someone you know takes an axe and you know smashes the axe into our heads and then hmm. runs away and then we're just found in a yeah i don't know why you're going mess. there i now, now i feel like you're giving them the idea like i I'm don't saying- think anyone was thinking of that before you said that and now you, i think you're giving them the idea well, forget the axe then. I hope no one poisons our dinner or, you know, shoot, shoots us. Just shoots again, us. Again. Again. I don't think anyone's thinking that. But now maybe they are. Okay. Anyway, um, we're just feeling it out. So we're just going to do that for now and see how it goes. But um, please, yeah. we hope you keep enjoying the Landlord-Tenant pod mess because we love doing it. And we hope you give a try to evil men. I'm Chris Locke. I'm James Hartnett. And I'm Michael Balazzo. And we're the hosts of comedy podcast Evil Men. It's a podcast where comedians, us, joke around about different bad guys, rude dudes, and sometimes murderers. Yeah, we might talk about a horrible person like Jeffrey Dahmer. A depraved maniac from ancient Rome like Caligula. Or even sometimes a mean cartoon character like Gargamel. Because the things he did to the Smurfs were just awful. Yeah, we talk about all these things, but most of the time we're joking, you understand? We're comedians. We're 
or foolish by nature. Subscribe to us now so you can be sure to get our first episodes coming out June 30th. <gasps> oh my god, that's the devil's birthday. Catch us on the Sonar Network and download us wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for the interview segment where we meet guests and we give we get them to divulge their deepest and darkest secrets. Our guest this week is a stand-up comedian and a podcaster who's just launched a brand new show on the Sonar Network called Public Access Podcast. He's going to tell us about it. Look, everyone, it's Everardo Ramirez. Hey, Everardo. What's up? Okay, now I knew Everardo was a was a funny guy, but I was not expecting a what's up, Everardo. Mm -hmm. My hat is tipped to you, sir. I knew you'd love that, James. I knew you're a huge scary movie buff. Uh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that intro. I'm not really like that. I'm not really. I'm not really wild and crazy. But you know, sometimes on a podcast, I uh, I just can't help myself. Well, I, I'm not just a fan of the scary movie What's Up, guys. I, I, I even go back to the original Budweiser commercials. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, I so think for, it'd be fun yeah. for Budweiser to do a sort of, you know, where are they now uh, update of that commercial where we see those <laughs> characters from the original Budweiser ad and we see where they are now and we get to see what happened in their lives in the mm-hmm. meantime. There'd be I, one of them I, that's super rich, like mm-hmm. in a Malibu mansion, yeah, kind of like uh, Don Henley, and then the other one is uh, not as rich. Uh, didn't get any money from the maybe commercials. the drama writes itself. <laughs> maybe the the guy who didn't who wasn't successful was so torn up about it and so so jealous and so depressed that maybe he unfortunately maybe he took his own life. You know. Yeah. I see <laughs> I see this series about about these guys as more of a flea bag type show. One oh, of yeah. the was up guys is working through some sex stuff and you know in season 1 he's sleeping with everybody and kind mm-hmm. of feeling bad about it and you know maybe has mm-hmm. some issues to work through. And then season 2 the was up guy and you know and when he's having sex he's he's like he yells, what's up? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah. What's up? But season two, he meets a priest and stops <laughs> having sex. Yeah. And he kind of, every once in a while, will look to the camera and be like, I hate this guy. <laughs> and oh, and he's British. British. Too, yes. Like right. I forgot that Budweiser, what's up, guys? We're all British. Well, you know, in Britain, they had their own version of the what's up ads. But instead of what's up, they would, they would yell, in it? And <laughs> that was good, the popular Mike. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, enough about an old commercial um, that took <laughs> I talk more. pop culture by storm. Let's get into this. Everardo, thank you for joining us. And, you know, we uh, this, is, this episode's been a long time in the works, but we're glad to have finally got you on the damn pod. We want to talk to you about yeah. your brand new show called Public Access Podcast. This thing is outrageous. It's on the Sonar Network, just like us. Um, can you tell us what wh- what is it about, and what are you hoping to achieve with this brand new show? <laughs> All right, it's a uh, it's 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 a limited series, so it's only ten episodes. 
right off. So, you know, it's not like a whole commitment. You don't have to worry about this kind of building up in your phone. It's just going to be right. 10 weeks and then it's done. As guys, I, guys, guys listening to this are going to like that because most guys, as we know, right, James, are afraid of the C word commitment. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of guy friendly in that way. Um, but basically, every episode is like a different show from a fake public access network. I love it. Does that makes sense. Makes yeah. me think yeah. of UHF. Makes me think of Videodrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wayne's, World? Uh, Wayne's, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. World, of course. Yeah. Um, that's that's fun. I, I I listened to the uh, I think it's the most recent episode where you have uh, a former guest from this show. Mikey Kohlberg on, and you're doing mm-hmm. prank calls, and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's something that's sort of, I, I was glad to hear some prank calls, because there was a time in popular culture, you know, I guess before cell phones, where prank calls were everywhere. They were the oh, new yeah. rock and roll, people <laughs> people called them. Prank? You know, we had prank the Jerky Boys, huge. we had uh, all sorts of people. The Jerky Boys. Those guys yeah. were the Beatles of my youth. Mm-hmm. Mixed with dog. the Spice Girls, mixed with uh, Justin friggin' Bieber. <laughs> yeah, the, I love, uh, I used to love the Jerky Boys. I used to love, like, prank calls with, like, um, soundboards, like from mm-hmm. E-Bombs <laughs> World or whatever, like Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger soundboard. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, I remember uh, being in grade school and uh, a kid in the, uh, cl- in the, you know, playground or whatever, it was like grade eight. And a kid was listening to like a little radio and he was listening to Jesse and Gene, the sort of raunchy morning show of the early 90s. <laughs> and um, Jesse, that scamp, had called like some doctor's office um, to make an appointment. And he he tried to make it under the name Hugh G. Rection. That's good. And Jesus I remember classic. this to this day. And I remember thinking, Jesse and Gene, you guys, what the hell? <laughs> Just, I love that. Just two radio hosts do it, and uh, you know, did they get the appointment or did they wait? That, that's what I'm wondering time? too. Yeah, I am a bit but, annoyed. It is kind of frustrating thinking about that office that they probably had that inefficiency of just an appointment uh, not not made. But I was saying to Mike earlier this week, actually, that I actually wish I could have been a '90s morning show DJ. <laughs> it feels like that was a great life. And like, you probably made mm-hmm. loads of money at the time because there was no internet. So everyone like yeah. the radio was more <laughs> yeah. relevant. And Dean like, Blundell. I have, yeah, like Humble that. and Fred. I'd even be Roger Rick or Marilyn. <clears throat> <laughs> I feel like I could be okay with that life. You know, it'd be a great life. Well, you have to like wake up at like 5 AM, I guess. And start probably earlier. Like- Imagine, yeah, yeah the, the, the morning of that Jesse and Gene Hugh G-Rection joke. <clears throat> they probably had to wake up before dawn and like <laughs> they woke eat up breakfast in the dark and then drive yeah. in to like, like through like abandoned streets <laughs> so that they could be at work to make this amazing joke. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember hearing an interview with this guy who was like a shock morning jock or whatever. And I remember, like, he, he had a rare moment of sincerity. He was like, it's not easy, this job. Some mornings, <laughs> you wake up, and you literally c- start crying. Like, this like, sort of shock guy, because it's like, he has to get up at three every day. So, so perhaps that day, Jesse woke up, weeped, 
<laughs> and then drove to Brampton and then did the thing. Yeah, because those and guys... Then, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to call this doctor and be annoying to his secretary for three minutes. Yeah. Because those guys, they project a, yeah, like a party animal vibe, but you know that they're oh, like, yeah. they have to go to sleep by like 5 p.m. or else they'll die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, the radio DJ. Do those, yeah, do those, I guess we have Roz and Mocha. Roz and Mocha, yeah. They're very they're local. They're not really rude, though, I guess. Are they, or are they? I was driving one morning, and I did flip on Roz and Mocha, and Roz was a little rude. He made a joke about how he likes to wear just a t-shirt and no pants or underwear, and he called it Porky Pigging It. Hmm. Okay, that's a little thinking, bit rude. Roz? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would I'd call it Winnie the Poohing it, personally. <laughs> personally, that's more the, the image that I see, but hey. I guess but, I guess I don't have the filthy mind of Roz. Can yeah. can morning zoo DJs or morning show guys, shock jocks, they they sort of have to be a bit of like on a leash these days, because I imagine if they step out of line, say something too controversial, you know, the Twitter mob is coming for you. <laughs> you know? You're right, Mike. Well yeah. said. Are you um are you in Toronto right now? I am. Excellent. Yeah. Well, did you know that yesterday was a very special occasion for the city um where Torontonians all got together and celebrated a beautiful piece of architecture celebrating its 45th birthday. Yes, I'm talking about the CN Tower. Mhm. I, I yeah I saw some uh, I saw the Toronto sign was a different color I knew something must special must have been happening yes what was it gray yeah they turned it, <laughs> they turned it a nice gray in honor of the CN Tower <laughs> <clears throat> yep she's uh, she's forty five and um, I'm thinking you know she's forty five like how Diane Lane was forty five. Sure, she's 45, but she's beautiful. Yeah. She's 45. She's looking great. She wears it well, you know. um, Still beautiful. Still fun and flirty. Still still goodness in in bed. Yes, 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 yes. You know, doing an analogy. Still firm. And, uh, you know, still projects that, you know, in, image of Toronto around the world of, you know, uh, exciting, interesting uh, place to visit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read in, uh, in a book that in the 70s, like, Toronto was really small and nothing, I think, in the 70s. It was like a mm-hmm. real whatever town. And they were trying to figure out a way to differentiate it and stand out. I mean, obviously, I guess, if you build a big tower like that. And... Before they they decided on the CN Tower, one of the um, things that they were going to maybe build was a big pyramid. Isn't that weird? Imagine. <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah. And instead they went with Why don't people build the, pyramids anymore? And I think, I think Buckminster Fuller, you know, that avant-garde architect, <laughs> he was going to, I think it was his uh, pyramid. But anyway, they went with a big tower instead. Wow. Imagine that. Damn. The opening ceremony of the Toronto Pyramid, a bunch of like... The waspiest humans who ever existed mm. cutting a ribbon in front of a of a pyramid. <laughs> An Egyptian pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, Alan so Thick right. singing a song. <laughs> Bag Our pyramids better than the ones they got out in Egypt. <laughs> the least nice I'd love Earth. to see 
What kind of pyramid? I, I wonder if can you see like the the designs, like the the yeah. drafts of this? Like you can, you can, I, I you can, yeah. Were they going? Was it classic pyramid or was it? Were they going to do kind of like the um, kind of like the sphinx kind of look? Um. Yeah, I don't think they were also going to do a sphinx. That would be really cool if they uh, if they uh, did do that. Like they just go full ancient Egypt for some reason around the waterfront. We um, want to make Toronto known around the world as the as North America's number one Egyptian city. <laughs> yeah, if you look it up, you can see it. I believe it was Buckminster Fuller who I think was famous for be- building geodesic domes. And uh, so it's kind of like a probably a, it was probably going to be like a concrete, modern, brutalist like pyramid is my guess, like a right. weird one, like a big gray pyramid. <laughs> exactly. You know, I yeah. I used to know somebody I'm just remembering who worked at the CN Tower. OK. And don't quote me on this, listeners. But I think she told me that people who worked in the CN Tower would do it in weird places in there. Because they're all like 20. I believe that. Michael, yeah, I feel you... like it, mm. that makes sense to me. I, I would totally believe that. Probably Everardo on that and... damn glass floor. Yeah, Everardo, Michael, would you guys ever be so kinky as to make Whoopi in the CN Tower? Guys? Huh. <laughs> that would be... Now, can... here's my question. At that altitude, can a fella even get a darn boner? <laughs> That's a good <laughs> yeah, question. Or would, would you kind of faint because all the blood kind of <clears throat> can't yeah. go to your head it's kind of interesting it's kind of kind of risky i mean i guess i honestly i would do it <laughs> that's cool but it wouldn't be, be my idea it would just i think it's more just i um I just go along with people you have a disappoint in this people. fantasy <laughs> you have an adventurous girlfriend who pulls you into mm-hmm. some broom closet on the 500th floor and you make love in the broom closet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be rude. I wouldn't want to make them feel weird about it. So I'd probably go along with it, but yeah. it wouldn't be my choice. You'd I, be nervous. I, yeah, I'd be nervous secretly the whole time. <laughs> you'd be, I'd be nervous that the whole the building was going to fall down while, while we're doing oh, it. But. <laughs> yeah, imagine, Mike, you're down at the looking up at the CN Tower and it's rocking. And they're like, yes. the, the, the manager of the CN Tower is like, something's going on up there. There's a sticker on it that says, if this CN Tower's a rockin', don't bother a knockin'. <laughs> that should be in like, uh, that should be in a music video, honestly. I can see it with CGI. <laughs> I think I may have told this story before on this show, but I uh, had as a kid... Uh, a great aunt and uncle, my my great aunt, who looked like Roy Orbison. Uh, she, had, <laughs> she had a pompadour and like dark sunglasses, and her face was shaped like Roy Orbison, and she was very glamorous, <laughs> as you can imagine from my description. And she was married to my my great uncle John, who was a French Canadian. Uh, retired truck driver who was like a chain smoker, <laughs> extremely diabetic, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he was covered in tattoos. Anyway, they had a, wow. they had like a, uh, an RV that was fun to explore when we were kids, but they had a bumper sticker on the back of it that said, "If this, if this van's a rockin', don't bother knocking." And we your, had your uncle and, and your great uncle and great aunt did. 
Yes. And as a kid, <laughs> we didn't understand what it meant. We're like, what? And looking back, that is absolutely insane that they had a joke about their, like them power fucking in an RV. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when your your great uncle he, he to get him in the mood he puts on like Roy Orbison uh, tape. So he's like, he's like mm, this has got yeah, me thinking. About yeah. <laughs> wow. And how old were they? Like they in their seventies, I think. Oh my god. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. You my you grandma. have an interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Reverardo. That reminds me, my grandma. Well, she, she was actually a nona, which is very dip, weird. She's like a, was an old Italian woman, but she would have the. She had this purse with like a Playboy bunny on it. <laughs> she bought on the beach. Like it was just like some shitty purse that she bought on the beach or like in Chinatown or something. But she like thought it was so funny that it had this Playboy bunny on it. Did she know and, like, like, this, what the symbol was from? Like, I think she did. <laughs> That's like, really what? funny. <laughs> You're like 70 and like in a wheelchair. Why? <laughs> She's like, I'm playing. Nona, boy. Nona, what okay. are you doing? <laughs> That's funny. I, I didn't know you had a Nona, Everardo. I, I, well, your last name is Ramirez. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you were yeah. Italian. Yeah, half Mexican, half Italian. Um, Whoa. Italian's on my mom's side, so that's why. Can I say my name is Mexican, but I'm a little bit angry that you've been hiding this Nona news from us. We've been talking <laughs> for almost a half an hour now before we yeah, like, spilled the beans. <laughs> we, we usually our guests usually let us know before we record. Just so you know, I did have a Nona. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I uh, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't. I wasn't more cl- upfront about it. But yeah. anything you want to know, I'd. What did you call the grandma on the Mexican side? Or grandma? Um, Abuelita. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Abuelita. And grandpa? Abuelito. (laughs) Oh, man. What about Nona's husband? (laughs) That was (laughs) no-no. Are you kidding me? No-no? No, yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's neat. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, the only difference between a grandma and a Nona is that Nonas aren't nice. They're not like <laughs> They're like mean. <laughs> they're not happy. They're not nice. And they do hold a grudge <laughs> for, until they die. <laughs> Everardo, have you seen the Maradona documentary? I haven't, no. You must watch it. Because... Um, you know, he's this Argentinian soccer player, larger than life, giant mm-hmm. superstar, parties like crazy. And uh, he gets the, the basically the documentary starts with he gets traded to the to the Napoli team, the Naples team. And, in, right. and I didn't know, you know, this I'm learning all this information about Italy. You probably know it. But um, it just, you know, it describes <laughs> Na- Naples as like, you know, it's the poorest area of Italy and they're the poorest team. But they they got the best player in the world. And it follows. Right. Naples going to play other teams in Italy and like they go to uh, somewhere in the north, maybe like Piedmont, Sardinia or something. And the chance that the, the fans of the northern Italy teams yell at the, the Naples team are so horrible. They, they're they like really genuinely <laughs> yeah. awful. Like they're saying you have the- leprosy, you have leprosy. <laughs> 
stuff like that really oh mean. God. It's wild. It's such a good documentary. Yeah. I where I need to watch that. Uh, it's on, where's that on? It's on Crave we'll in Canada it. and probably HBO in the United States. Nice. Yeah, like I don't know much about soccer, but I do I do know that the Naples teams would have equally offensive chance <laughs> at the other team. Like there was um a team from Fuck, where is, where's Romeo and Juliet from? Verona? Verona or, <laughs> yeah. Wherever those, wherever like Ver- Romeo and Juliet supposed to be from, that team would play Naples and they would be like, go, like, Juliet's a whore. Like, <laughs> like suck Romeo's dick. And it's like so vulgar, like old people, children yelling this. And it's very weird. Is there like a city in Italy where like their chant is like, you know, Pinocchio was gay. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm sure, I'm sure that's why. I would be surprised if that wasn't a chant. To be honest, wow. I wish that you know hockey fans to bring it back to Canada. I wish they had colorful chants. Like you know, it'd be fun if, or you know, Edmonton Oilers fans chanted at Flames fans. Like yeah, you you know you 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 have leprosy or something like that. That'd be yeah. neat. Yeah. Yeah, why don't they? You know, you guys have scurvy. Well, what we need is a leprosy outbreak in one of our Canadian cities to help engender this fun rivalry. Like, we need to get leprosy going, folks. Trudeau, where are you on this? You damn drama teacher wasting your time running around without a shirt on. How about you get leprosy going in one of our NHL cities? When I was a kid, I was so afraid of leprosy. It seemed like it was something that people could actually catch or get. I can relate because, like, I I don't know about you, but, like, I went to a a Catholic school and there would occasionally be, like, some parable read in religion class about, like, someone Mm. with leprosy. That's right. That must be it. I did have to go to these Catholic uh, classes. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, you learn a lot about lepers. It prepares you for life when you're a young kid in the 20th or 21st century learning about ancient people with leprosy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there was a little bit of uh, the leprosy content did feel extra when you went to Catholic school. That is an interesting point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They hmm. should maybe they should update the Bible with some new damn diseases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, how about um, STDs? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus healed Jesus a man who spits had... on someone's genital warts, or, <laughs> oh. or carpal tunnel from looking at your phone or gaming. Yes, <laughs> maybe instead of Lazarus, Lazarus being brought back from the dead, maybe Jesus, uh, you know, yeah, heals his wrists because he's been, yeah. um, you know, looking Playing. at red red tube a bit too. Long. <laughs> Comes back from the dead by unplugging his Wi-Fi modem yeah. router. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. What a- yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good one. Yeah. That's funny. We should uh, send that in to, I don't know, maybe SNL? if there's like uh, SNL, they want to do like kind of a joke yeah. about the Bible. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. So, Everardo, I'm going to shift gears back here to something we were talking about earlier. Maybe that's a bad decision, but we're doing this on the fly. Conversation is hard to plan. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been? To either of your ancestral homelands. And of course, I'm talking <laughs> about Mexico and Italy. Yeah, I've been to both. Um, I, I think I've been to Italy more. I used to go to Italy more as a kid. 
But I went oh. to Mexico more recently. And now when and, you went to Italy or Mexico, hmm. would you book your flights online or would you do it through a, like a travel <laughs> what agency? A, <laughs> a little bit of both. Sometimes directly through Air Canada, sometimes Expedia. This is a, that, out there. This part we should definitely clip and put on Twitter as a promo for the... Uh, <laughs> the episode. So what 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 were, do you, do you have any like very um any observations about either country that really struck um, you as like oh wow. This is I don't know if this is going to be bad to say or not, but I do remember vividly when I was a kid <laughs> going to Mexico and one of the first things I saw was a street dog going to town on a diaper. Like just eating a diaper, like clutching it in its mouth and like shaking its head around. Wow. And that's like one of the first images I had. I was like, okay, like, so our uncle lives here, I guess. <laughs> and then meeting this guy who was like, he was old. 30 years ago and then he's still around like and i saw him like a few years ago he's still around he was old 30 years ago and he would come around and the only kind of english that he knew was from like cowboy kind of movies and like like where my dad's from is very close to the border like very like cowboy texas kind of place so he'd always just say stuff like he'd be like hey partner and then like leave <laughs> and i remember thinking it was so weird and and cool though <laughs> no that and, does seem cool and i also remember very uh, like as a child like eight years old going to my grandparents house and my dad just like opening a closet filled with guns like loose <laughs> rifles <laughs> and giving me one and he's like here just you know shoot it in the backyard at this mango tree and i'd be like trying to shoot this mango tree and I'm missing, of course, like I'm missing a lot of these <laughs> shots. And there's, like, I'm thinking about it years later, and there's like a house that I'm shooting <laughs> into. <laughs> I'm sure there are BB guns. Like, I'm sure he didn't give me like a, like a hunting rifle, but this, maybe he did. I don't know. It's, this makes me think of like a Mexican twist on Dennis the Menace, you know, where he's got his slingshot <laughs> and he's breaking windows. Except, uh, yeah, you're shooting a mango tree, and yeah. Yeah, so it's, it, I'm just like, thinking about it now, I'm like, Mexico is wild. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> wow, and that, these, so these guns you were shooting at the tree, were they like <laughs> b BB guns, or were they? I think so. I think right. they must have been, because okay. unless my parents are that irresponsible, but maybe. <laughs> just a full, I think like, they were clock. BB guns. Like a handgun, like a police yeah. issue handgun. <laughs> <laughs> Go execute those mangoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mexico's. I love it there. I'd love to. I want to go back so bad. Do you have any, any memories of going to Italy and seeing a dog eating something disgusting? Or <laughs> I do. The, I, I do have a kind of a dog story about Italy too. Um, my grandma, my nonna, used to have a house there in the south of Italy. And, like, we would go there a lot in the summers. And one day, my aunt was on a run, like, just jogging one morning. And this dog followed her back. 
home. And so this dog just kind of like for the rest of the summer would kind of hang out near our house. It's like wild <laughs> street dog again, or I don't know whose dog this was, but it, it hung around near our house. I think my mom fed it on it. Not to sound stereotypical, but I did see my mom feeding it spaghetti one day <laughs> <laughs> after yelling at us not to pet it. And then I see her feeding it. I'm like, okay, so this dog is just around all summer. And where my grandma's house was, it was like a little subdivision <laughs> kind of thing, or like a row of townhouses. And there'd be like all these old ladies walking by and children, and the dog would be barking furiously at them, like so scary. And they these people would be like yelling at me, be like, control your dog. And I'm like, it's honestly not mine. Like, I don't know how to control it. It just follows us around. And um, I think it bit an old lady's leg. Oh no! Yikes. It was probably bad. thought it was spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. she, it was. It was uh, bad. It was weird. <laughs> it was a scary time. <laughs> wow! These oh, are the so. kinds of things that you know. Once the traveling opens up again, and people are allowed to you know visit um, co- different countries, they can see stuff like that. Yeah. I, you, you know, they yeah, always get, say in in Europe um, that you know. It's much more common for young people to drink with, you know, drink at dinner, have a drink. Like, did you experience that when you were young in Italy? Was it like, ah, have some wine, who cares? Yeah, I think so. I think for sure. There would also be like, again, in Italy, there'd be like this uh, arcade slash cafe slash bar that like all these kids would hang out. They'd like meet there at midnight and just hang out. <laughs> wow. And we would be like, I was probably like, would go there any when I was like 10 all the way till like 15. And the kids <laughs> would meet at midnight? And they would meet at like 10 p.m. midnight. And then nice. like the older kids would be drinking and then like going to the discos or whatever. But then there would just be like 10-year-olds there. Wow. Drinking like Coca Colas and like dr- eating like uh, like slices of pizza and playing foosball at in the middle of the night. It was it was awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> and I do remember that kids would come up to us because we we were Canadians and the, it was like exciting that you know someone else was there. And they would uh, make me sing Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. <laughs> <laughs> the classic Canadian band. Yeah. And they probably were making fun of me the whole time. <laughs> Let's get the Canadian kid to sing uh, Breaking the Girl again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, well, th- your description of you know children partying and, and enjoying themselves in the dead of night... Um, that sounds like something out of the mind of, you know, uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he kind of had a Michael Jackson vibe, kind of like a thriller vibe. <laughs> Did either of you ever play the, <laughs> not to go on a tangent, the, the Michael Jackson's Moonwalker video game? Did you ever have that or play that game? No. I remember it, but I never played it. I would love to play it now. I think you, you were literally, you were Michael Jackson rescuing children from bad no. guys. Really? <laughs> and I'm you're using dance moves to, like, to kill the bad guys. Kind of. <laughs> Is Joe Pesci the, the final boss? <laughs> <laughs> 
you have to murder Joe Pesci as Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. download. I'm gonna get an emulator and and find. It that. was for the uh, Sega Genesis. Yes, and the mm. computer and the arcade. Okay. There was weird the video plot? games around that time. Reviews were mixed, according to Wikipedia. Does it say what the uh, the plot or the the game uh, premise was? There, am I am I correct? I'm going to tr- try to find it um, while you guys are talking. Do you think that Michael Jackson was heavily involved in the coding and the programming <laughs> of the video game? Character designs. <laughs> Michael, you're right. Yes. Here's what it says on Wikipedia. The story, which is taken from the Moonwalker film, follows Michael using various music and dance-related abilities on a quest to save kidnapped children from the hands of evil Mr. Big. <laughs> wow. Does it so say what, he, what he does with the children after he saves them? Does it have no, a... It, I think you have to win the game, and there's oh, like a... Yeah. It's in the end. They all get to have a slumber party at the end <laughs> no. when they win. And there's a secret extra level where they they make a documentary trying to expose what Michael Jackson did at the slumber party. Yeah, if party. you go down, there's like a pipe like in Mario Brothers. And if you go down it, Martin Bashir is down there and he grills you on why you're spending so much time with children. <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, If I was Michael's manager at that time and I had some maybe mm, suspicions or something, I might have gone, yeah, you know what? I think it's cool you're making a video game, but maybe let's... (laughs) Oh, let's just brainstorm other plot ideas. Uh, Aliens are coming. Let's focus on the dancing. (laughs) Okay, how about this? How about instead of uh, rescuing kidnapped children, maybe I'm an OBGYN or I'm in a hospital helping deliver babies. (laughs) No, Michael. Like, Something without children. Yeah, like like you know, Mario Brothers. Maybe King Koopa jumps into your city and you got to jump on his head. You know, something like that. Okay, maybe Koopa's children um, need a babysitter, and I have to be there. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah any of those would have been. I would have loved to play any of those. Yeah, me too. There was. <laughs> Do you remember that, like, I feel like for Sega Genesis, there was a lot of uh, corporate games. Like, there would be, like, yeah. a lot of McDonald's games or, like, uh, Avoid the Noid game. Right. And I think there was a game uh, about the 7-Up spot or something. Yeah, Cool Spot. Right. <laughs> what? Where you're, the, you're the logo, the circle in the 7-Up logo, the little red dot. Yeah. Wow. This time, he's wearing sunglasses, and he loves the blues, and... He huh. sprays Seven Up bottles at crabs. I had that game. It's really, very, very cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's actually hard. It's actually a good and hard <laughs> game. There might have been a Pepsi game too. Oh, I'm sure there was a Pepsi game. If there, there was, was a yeah. game, yep, yeah. it was called Pepsi Man. I don't Pepsi remember a character Man. with that name. Is was that a, a, a sort of mascot of Pepsi at the time? I, it, it sort of looks like a buff guy in a blue and white jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. This was PlayStation. And uh, right. running around. This is um, definitely a game that was just going to be its own thing. And then they needed some funding <laughs> at the last minute. And so they're like, right. Just throw Pepsi on it. I don't know. Pepsi Man or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And that's, you know, thank God for Pepsi, because now we have that game. 
Crystal, I, re- I remember Crystal Pepsi. I remember literally having a bottle of regular Pepsi and a bottle of Crystal Pepsi. And I remember pouring glasses of each, mixing them up, closing my eyes with some with a friend <laughs> or something and seeing if I could tell the difference. And I couldn't. Really? I, lo- I respect the scientific yeah. process that you went through. Yeah. It, it, it was Crystal Pepsi. It was Pepsi, but it, was, it looked like water. It looked like Perrier. You wouldn't I mean, believe it. It's funny that that just that that's known as like a huge like flop. It was just like a mm. different color of Pepsi, and people were like, "No, fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, but it I does... do remember having mm. that reaction to green ketchup. Remember when green ketchup tried to come oh, around for yeah. a bit? And it was like it honestly looks gross. <laughs> Why did they try and market green ketchup? Was it like trying to like um, ride a wave of popularity? Like was slime in the news or something? Or was there like <laughs> slime in the news again today? <laughs> <clears throat> Didn't they I do purple know. purple ketchup too? I think so. They were just trying something new. Yeah, trying something fun, and uh, it was gross. Have what can you do? Have Have any of these like wild? food moves ever worked like any kind of wild color change or something like that ever like stuck so i can't really think of anything that's like well when they made uh you know i don't know mayonnaise red we we stayed with that um i think like historically ketchup used to be brown oh that's interesting yeah. i remember re- i remember reading the wikipedia for ketchup one time and it was <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's awesome! <laughs> you got to check it out. There's some stuff you would not believe in the ketchup's history. Uh, apparently, it was mustard based, or no, mushroom based, mushroom based, and it was brown. <laughs> so, of course, it was something that the the British did. Mm, disgusting mushroom ketchup. Um, and then they changed it to red, and it, everyone's like, "We we do like this better." You know, wow. that's interesting because when you look at ketchup, it's such a bright red. Now that I'm thinking about it, of course that's just food dye. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like a, such an artificial bright red and it's so sweet as well. Yeah. yeah. The Maybe fucking, uh, the people mm. at Heinz are fucking just they think we're fools, you know? They Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're they're far, Except, they're basically part of the deep state. Yeah. Heinz. Have you ever gone to one of these restaurants and they're like, we make our own ketchup in-house? Yeah. And you're yep. like, what's the point? Like, honest, like, <laughs> yeah. no one needs, like, yeah, I, that's good. That's good, good, I guess. Yeah. But like, like <laughs> yeah, it's a little looser and runnier. We have yeah. our own water. We dug a well in on our own land, uh, actually. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just unnecessary. You know what restaurant was like weirdly, um, like, made kind of uh organic stuff their whole identity was that garfield eats restaurant which now, that was like a... like farm to table was like a huge really? part of garfield eats whole thing unexpected now, if, if, if you don't know what that <laughs> yeah. is because this was a big event here in toronto there appeared on bloor street a restaurant called garfield eats and it was a garfield themed restaurant and it was very confusing and it also seemed like you could you could only order online like if you walked in and tried to get food you couldn't get food for some yeah. reason it was very odd it had a it had a restaurant like a brick and mortar restaurant that you could go yeah. into and a person behind the cashier that you theoretically could have just given your order to this person but they made you go 
on like an iPad through their app to order it. Yes, they had a dedicated like app for this restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like their own you- app that was like, yeah. when you order food, then you can watch Garfield clips or like look at some Garfield cartoons also on that, which is a very confusing thing that and it didn't make any sense. So, Everardo, did you order food from Garfield Eats? I never got a chance to actually order oh. order the well, food there. I'm just looking. You're, you haven't entirely missed the boat because there are four other locations that are still open. Uh, the Toronto oh. location closed, but there is uh, the original one, which is in Dubai. <laughs> then okay. there is... One in London, Ontario, one in <laughs> London, England, and one in Dublin. So if you ever, you know, that is the weirdest. The <laughs> that's the weirdest four cities to group together ever. Like, you know, okay, we're gonna Why start London, this business. Ontario? I'm thinking we hit London, England. Everyone's like, yep, I agree, I agree. I'm thinking uh, London, Ontario. Yep, yep, yep. Huh? <laughs> Dubai and Dublin was it? When you think of Ireland, what do you think of? Gar- hungry Garfield fans. Yeah, you're oh, right. Man. After the a night after a night in the pub, these guys they want to read Garfield. Lasagna, which is what yeah, their they, signature like, lasagna was called. Oh, I had a wonderful night out at the pub. There's nothing more I want to do right now than to open up a Garfield book and read Garfield <laughs> before I go to bed. That's all I, what I do when I come home from the pub. <laughs> Garfield oh, Eats, known fucker. for their sage pizza. That's pizza <laughs> where the only topping is dried sage. Mmm, yum. Reminds me of something it's that fucked. would come from the mind of Jim Davis. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, I follow the creator of Garfield Eats on Instagram. And he's, I recommend everyone follow him, Nathan Masri. Really interesting guy. But he's obsessed with farm to table, which is like, like he... I guess it's good, I guess, like organic food or whatever. I don't really know. But it's like no one needs this from a Garfield place, you know? (laughs) Like, And no one expects this kind of like organic angle from a Garfield theme. Yeah. You know what might have been a better move would have just been to call your your weird uh, Dubai, London, London, Dublin restaurant, (laughs) like, you know, farm to table food. That would have worked. Yeah. yeah, people probably would have given it a shot. Yeah. But, you know, this guy, he has branched out. He is starting, he started a new company, Scooby-Doo Eats. And I'm is not it, even joking at all. He's serious? I'm 100% serious. <laughs> he started, a, he's got into some falling out with Garfield. Right. Got in with the Scooby-Doo people and their whole thing is organic frozen dinners that you can buy at the grocery store. Right. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine the, the farmers who are like toiling, the, uh, you know, planting the seeds <laughs> yeah. and harvesting and toiling in the fields. and like, yes, this is for, this is going to be turned into uh, organic <laughs> Garfield and Scooby-Doo meals. <laughs> this is wonderful. Does does the Scooby-Doo Eats have, like, can you see the products that they're selling? Um, Yeah, you can go to Scooby, at Scooby-Doo Eats on Instagram. 
I don't know why I'm plugging this guy's business. But <laughs> well, we'll put the links to the, real to the business. business in the show notes. I'm looking up Scooby-Doo Eats as we speak. Here's my prediction with this guy. I think this guy is a, a enterprising young man who's wants to get in on the ho- in Hollywood and somehow thought that getting in with a licensing team of Garfield or Scooby-Doo and on the restaurant <laughs> angle somehow he could weasel his way into like a production credit on the next Garfield thing. I think that's like it was his plan. And I think it maybe worked. Well, here's what I can find uh, on the Scooby-Doo Eats website that you can order. <laughs> Angus Burgers. Nice. And they're just Angus Burgers that yeah, like... are Scooby-Doo themed, I guess. Also, There's now a... this one makes me curious. The other, the next Scooby-Doo Eats food you can order on the website is lasagna, <laughs> yeah. makes me wonder but if you, that uh, is left over from Garfield. Over from <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to picture Scooby uh, chowing down on some lasagna, and uh, I'm thinking no, you know? And the only other food on the Scooby-Doo Eats website is, it just says beef. <laughs> I'm just, it, it's um, a picture a of a hot of dog. It's a picture of a hot dog, but it just says 100% grass-fed beef. <laughs> and above it, it says clean meat. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Clean meat. I'm looking meat. at it. It does say that. Clean meat. And it's a picture yeah, of a hot dog, like and a... it just says beef. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't even say it's a hot dog. Beef. And also, and, hot dogs yeah. aren't beef. Anyway. Where are the locations of Scooby-Doo Eats? Are they also in, like, Dubai, uh, Helsinki, and Sydney or I something? Think, or like... yeah. I think they're just grocery store based. Okay. Yeah, okay. Scooby-Doo Eats is uh, Barrie, Ontario, <laughs> Tokyo, and uh, <laughs> Belfast. Yeah, like, also, this Guess guy, his, his whole thing is he's... Um, he markets himself, this Nathan guy, as the youngest licensee of Garfield and Scooby-Doo, which is oh, a, that's an odd claim. And he's not that young. He's not that old, but he's not like, he's probably like, you know, 38 or like, it's, it's not like, <laughs> he's why, not why this young angle? Yeah, like it's like you're yeah. a, a, a per- appropriate age to be a business guy, you know, like it's not right. that unusual it's not like he, holy shit! You 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 sort of started a business at thirty eight. Whoa, like, it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, it's Scooby Doo like, oh. themed. Yeah. <laughs> You're selling beef. Uh, I'd love to check. What's for it dinner, out, mom? I'd love, to, I'd love to try some of this clean meat. It's yeah. It's funny imagining also because I, I assume the Scooby Doo connection is to I guess attract children. But it's like, so imagine you have your children at the table and you're like, okay, guys, I made you Scooby-Doo lasagna. And then they go, wow, cool. And then you just serve them normal looking lasagna with no connection to Scooby-Doo at all. And they go, what is this? And you just have to get the box out of the recycling and show them on the box that Scooby-Doo was on it. You should have seen the package. It had a a small picture of Scooby-Doo in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. The kids are like, oh, Scooby-Doo lasagna again? Can't we have beef? (laughs) (laughs) The Angus Burger package from Scooby-Doo Eats says Angus Burgers, but then the picture just shows 
a patty sitting on lettuce. Huh. Like it doesn't show like that should be the beef box, I think. Yes. The fact Maybe that he couldn't shows, get the rights uh, mm. to, to to buns or something. That's a great <laughs> great point, Michael. And you can buy a Scooby Doo charcuterie board for two hundred and forty nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Why is that two hundred and fifty dollars? Wait, are you is this not a joke? No, look just scroll down. I didn't see that don't, one. Don't leave without. <laughs> Go Imagine to the, you're having uh, like a sophisticated. <laughs> you're having a, a sophisticated dinner party, <laughs> inviting over some important people from like the worlds of business and art and media, and you've got some fine wines. And you've got your two hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. Scooby Doo charcuterie plate. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's just a wooden, like you know, it's just a cutting board, really cutting board, board with Scooby Doo eats like. Branded it on it. onto it, <laughs> yeah. Like, why Burned is that two hundred and fifty dollars? That should be. I don't you know. Could buy that if the same thing at like Winners for like thirty dollars. Yeah, maybe it's but, made. Th- from apparently, like- this wood is salvaged and hand selected for quality and uniqueness. Okay, <laughs> <But> it <laughs> seems. The- it seems like no <laughs> one who's buying this joke food for their. They're like shitty frozen burgers for their kids. Is gonna buy this? Like it's it's really bizarre. I'd love to. I'd love to meet the guy. Pick his brain. A man in a Scooby Doo costume personally selected the wood that will be used for these uh, charcuterie boards. Wow! Wow! Well, we highly recommend, folks, if you're um, killing some time today, to go to you know definitely check out ScoobyDooEats.com because. Mm-hmm. Support small it's, business. Yes. Um, local yep. entrepreneurs. They're hurting. Oh, you know what? Um, Ferardo, if you click on the section of Scooby-Doo Eats that's called Farm to Plate, <laughs> it shows a picture of a man in an orange suit. Is that the creator of Scooby-Doo Eats and Garfield Eats? Yes. Okay, the guy okay, in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now this is making more sense, kind of, because he seems... He's quite a peacock. He's kind of a seems like an eccentric yeah. kind of guy. And he's on cameo. He'll do cameos. Oh my god. <laughs> really? I recommend everyone follow this guy. He's hilarious. Um I don't know what his deal is, but I love that he is around. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Well, we love that he's around too. Yeah, and I'm Check I'm actually out. I'm hungry from all this talk of, you know, farm-to-table beef and lasagna and, you know, lettuce. So I might, after we finish recording, I might go um, place an order. <laughs> you know what could Looking be at this picture, I do <laughs> remember looking at this guy's Instagram when he was doing this photo shoot a few months ago for this <laughs> website, I guess. And these people that are, like, putting leaves all over him, those are, apparently are the farmers. Because he, wow. he was doing, like, an Instagram video. He's like, this is my farmer, like, Farmer Joe, or, like, whatever his name was. And this guy seems very, like, not familiar with this kind of thing, like, photo <laughs> shoots. and Really, really <clears throat> weird guy. You know what I think our <laughs> listeners would love is, you know, at some point, we got to do, like, a one-off roundtable discussion of current affairs, state of the world, us three and the creator of Scooby Doo Eats. Um, yeah, you know we got to get him yeah. on. We got to get his takes Absolutely. on things. We got to we got to introduce him to 
to our listeners. You guys should honestly get him on the podcast. I think Mike? he would do it. Maybe. Yeah. We have to reach out. We have That's to get this guy true. on. Absolutely. <clears throat> and he has a story to tell. Well, Everardo, thank you so much for uh, for joining us and telling us all about Scooby Doo Eats and Garfield Eats and and you know um, <laughs> what to expect if you visit Mexico and Italy. Yeah, don't be don't be thrown off. There's you might see more dogs, more diapers than you expect. Absolutely. And everyone, check out 100 um, percent clean meat, clean beef uh, mm-hmm. from Scooby Doo. And uh, absolutely, that's the most important thing. That's the takeaway we want you to have from this episode. No question about it. But also, uh, definitely check out Everardo's podcast. And uh, oh, what's yeah. it called? <laughs> Call again, Everardo. Check out that too. Uh, it's called Public Access <laughs> Podcast. Um, it's on the Sonar Network. Yes, and, you and know, everything yeah. Everardo does is super funny, so I haven't heard it yet, but I'm very excited to check it out. Well, I think you excellent. guys might like it. Uh, for sure, we'll put the links in in the show notes. Thank you so much, Everardo, for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 